tuned for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy Anderbrock and Carrie Brinker. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's Christian Talk. Thank you so much, Gavin. You have found the love ladies, and this is Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas, Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. It's a beautiful time in Texas, and God is working as we lead with love, not only across Texas, but across America and the world. And I have my good friend, Kathy Enderbrock, in studio today. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Carrie. It's great to be here in the beautiful Austin, Texas. And you say across the world. It's kind of fun. We've had listeners from Greece tuning in over this summer series, A Day in the Life of a Witness. And we've had so much fun interviewing a diverse group of people and so, you know, thank you, friends who live stream. Uh, they, it's really easy to live stream. You just go to thebridgeaustin.com, and there'll be a little thing that says listen now, and you can click on that. I think you actually have to click twice, once on that, and it'll give you another prompt, and you can listen live no matter where you are. But we are also on 101.1 FM, 1120 AM. And if you do miss a show, you can always go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. And uh, Carrie, this summer series has been so much fun meeting so many different people who are just being really vulnerable and genuine and sharing with others what God is doing in their lives, sharing what a relationship with God has 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 the difference that it's made in their life, the difference that it makes every day, and and how they pursue that relationship with God. It's it's been a real eye opener for me. Uh, me too, Kathy. You know, it's it's so refreshing to see people in all walks of life. We've had we've interviewed older people. We've interviewed a teenager. We've interviewed a young married couple who are just using the gifts and abilities that God has given them to further his kingdom. Uh, No degrees, like you've said, all summer, no theological degrees, uh, no formal training in uh, the Bible, just following and really listening to the call that God has for their unique life and how they have impacted people in their space. And, you know, the interview that we did with Susanna Stratman and with her book, Susanna, the Lost Daughter, what I mean, there's people in Germany that are listening to us now, uh, and like you said, and in Greece. Um, so it's amazing that we can impact people in our own little space, but also we never know uh, where we might be impacting people. Well, and I love the testimony that Paris Brinkley had brought, you know, because mm-hmm. with social media, regarding social media, yes. because she is a blogger and she does Godfidence. Godfidence is bliss. And she also has a YouTube channel, Think Brink. And so she really talked about social media and all the ways that uh, she gets out there on social media just to to be a witness, to share her life, to – and, and also she talked about how social media has made a difference in her life personally for the good. And I think so many times as parents, especially raising teenage daughters – 
social media is like, oh, that's that's the enemy. Mm-hmm. That's that's horrible. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Yet we see so much how God is using social media for good. And there are ways that we can be a voice for good, that we can engage social media for good and godly purposes. And that's been a huge learning curve for me. And I'll tell you, Carrie, with this with this summer series, you know, I love church on Sunday. Like I, I look forward to it. There was something that happened to me. When I was in Australia, and I considered myself a Christian, but church was really something I did because my parents wanted me to, Mm -hmm. right? It was, I went because I knew Monday morning I was going to get a call from mom asking me if I'd gone to church. And and in Australia, I had this perfect excuse not to go to church because, well, there really weren't many churches near us. Mm -hmm. It was mostly an atheist country. And God really did this huge work and changed my heart. And I don't know, it was like, a switch got flipped and I was desperate to go to church. I wanted to go to church. I couldn't wait to get to church. And so I love going to church, but I have to tell you what I've been learning through this summer series about just a day in the life of a witness and, and how to, how to walk out and enjoy life and find joy in life and, and just share what God is doing through difficulty, through good. It's, it has been a real eye opener and life changer for me. And, you know, you and I are in the studio and we record, but then I turn on Saturdays at 2 mm-hmm. p.m. Central Standard mm-hmm. Time and I listen to the program and I think, I don't remember her saying that. A- oh, my gosh, <laughs> that is so good. And and I just learned something new mm-hmm. from listening to the program. And um, so Love Talk has been just a great, a great inspiration to me this summer. Uh, me too, and it, and it has been now for years. I've learned more and and been so entrenched in the word with this show, and I'm I'm so grateful for it, and grateful for our mentor, Miss Evelyn Davison, who we're missing today. She's taking a little sabbatical, uh, but we hope to have her back very soon. But what a mentor! She has been, uh, you know, our our guest. Uh, we're sad that they didn't get to meet her, and I said, well, you know. When you walk into a studio with Miss Evelyn, it's just immediate joy. That is what she is. And so, hey, Miss Evelyn, we know that you're listening, and we're so grateful for you and uh, your leadership and your mentorship, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Well, and today we're going to be talking, uh, the program is about God's locker room. Okay, and so I know... You can tell who wrote the show today. <laughs> this is definitely, Carrie has produced today, today's show, and I love it because I always love getting insights into what it was like being an NCAA coach, what it was like being a coach of the year, right? I mean, so you, a good NCAA coach. So I'm so excited for today's program and to hear your insights and to discuss this this topic, God's locker room and what that means for us. Yeah, you know, our key verse today, Kathy, First Chronicles 1611, look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. You know, um, this day in the life of a witness, it has been so powerful, so applicable to our lives. Recently, I was camp pastor at a middle school camp. I, You know, I, I really think I'm crazy, but I, Kathy, I do love middle schoolers. I love that they're curious and they're full of questions and they, they, they really are just seeking answers to all of these 
you know, they're putting concepts together, I think, for the first time, starting to wonder about the world and where they fit in um, and what the world is is going to offer them. And I love to engage this curiosity. I don't want it to be squelched, um, even though it's hard to wrangle at times, right? And I just, I learned so much about myself when I was preparing these sermons. I I was asked to prepare three sermons. And so I prepared the first two. I I really had a good vision. The Lord had given me a good vision for the first two. And and I kind of got those completed. And then I had two other sermons that I had started preparing. And they were works in progress. But I could have made either one of them work for the third day. And, um, gosh, after preaching that second day, I told the young man who was running sound for me in the slides and everything, I said, I'm just not feeling my sermon for tomorrow. I'm not feeling it. And so it could be pretty late whenever you get the slides for tomorrow's sermon. He was like, whatever, you know, no problem. And that whole afternoon, Kathy, I was practicing and I was making sure my slides were okay. And I just did not feel good about the sermon. I just, I thought, Lord, this is not what these kids need right now. This is not right. And if it's right, then, okay, just help me to press through. If it's not right, you have to help me. You've got to give me a word. And I'm not kidding you, listeners. At 10 o'clock on Tuesday night, before I'm supposed to deliver a 9 a.m. sermon, the Lord dropped another message in my lap. He said, Carrie, you have to stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. You know coaching. You know people. You know relationships. You know locker rooms. Get into God's locker room. I was like, what? Okay, Lord, boom, boom, boom. And so I started feverishly typing up this new sermon and I want to share those words with you today. Um, you know, Kathy, I remember that several years ago, you preached a Sunday morning sermon uh, to a church. And, you know, we're just lay persons and we don't have theology degrees. Did you find it difficult as you were researching to be historically accurate, to use good illustrations and kind of have, you know, your own pizzazz? I, f- I found it incredibly difficult. What about you? It is. I mean, being willing to be genuine and vulnerable before other people talking about what God has done and going into Scripture and handling that Scripture with the respect that mm-hmm. it, it really requires because you never want to. There's this one um, saying that our pastor has, and it says, um, scripture, scripture out of con. If you take the text out of context it's just a con and that applies with scripture so if you take scripture out of context you're just left if you take the text out of context you're left with a con and so getting scripture properly applied looking at god's word um as as a whole and um and looking and and really sharing what scripture and what god has done in your life personally uh, that that takes a lot of work and a lot of preparation and a lot of willingness to be open to to others. And so, yeah, I when I did that sermon preparation, I was more focused on, all right, I'm just going to be a witness to what Christ has done and where he's done it and the scripture that he used 
to move me through those times and to illuminate certain things that I needed to see. And I'm just going to share that. Mm. And so that's what I did. So no great theological sermon. But you stuck with what you knew. Yes. And um, that's really what God impressed upon my heart that night. I I told Ashley, my husband, Ashley, I told him, I was like, okay, babe, I'm writing a new sermon. I'm going to be up for a while. And he's like, what? <laughs> because he had seen all the preparation that had gone in to that over the, the weeks and weeks leading up. And I could not believe at 10 o'clock at night, I'm writing something new. I'm not a procrastinator. That's not what I do. Like I am on top of things. I'm on time. I want to be prepared. And, uh, but I knew that God was saying to me, okay, Carrie, this is what I want you to talk about tomorrow. And somebody in that room needs to hear these words. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, you'll get to hear God's locker room. What kind of crazy business um, does God have up his sleeve as we talk about getting into the locker room? And what does that mean for your life and my life when we return to Love Talk right after this? Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Love Ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkader here with my good friend, Kathy Endebrock. God's locker room, what kind of business did God drop in my lap uh, right before I was to share a sermon um, less than 25, less than 12 hours later? Um, God said, Carrie, you know, I really want you to talk about God's locker room. You know, Kathy, as I was thinking about this, there's only a few times in my life that I feel like God has really dropped things in my lap. And I knew that it was God inspired, that it was 100% from him. Um, in fact, both of them revolve around Southwestern. I, I took the, the, the first time I went to Southwestern was in 2002. And um, I had actually been offered the job in 2001. And I didn't take it. And I came back open again in 2002. And Ashley and I both thought, okay, gosh, you know, we better go this time. This is um, this is really a great opportunity. And so the Lord just dropped that in my lap. And then, of course, you know, I was there 2002 to 2005 and uh, had my babies 14 months apart during that time. Thank you, Lord. And um, he had other avenues for me from 2005 to 2010. I was not in college coaching. And then literally in 2010, he again dropped that job in my lap. And there was no mistaking that it was from him. And he was saying, go back to Southwestern in 2010. And then this sermon, um, you know, we have just finished a period of time this summer, specifically in July, that is just jam-packed with college recruiting. And so, listening friends, how this works in the NCAA um, is that there are teams that play throughout the summer. Uh, they're typically called select teams or AAU teams, and they're all over the nation. Uh, but in July, there is a huge recruiting period where NCAA coaches can actually go out and view, it's called their evaluation period, where they can go out and view high school students playing basketball. And so what we do on the coaching end uh, of these select teams is we travel around the country. We try to put ourselves in the best positions possible to get viewed by college coaches. And, of course, when I was on the other end of things, when I was a college coach, I spent my whole, uh, you know, summer, particularly July, sitting in the stands watching kids play basketball and taking notes and and 
really trying to find who I wanted to recruit to be on my team, who would be a good fit for my team. And so that we've just kind of, we're, we're here right here on the tail end of that recruiting evaluation period. So lots of kids playing basketball this summer. I've been coaching a ton of basketball this summer. And this is really where kids kind of get their start and where coaches can see them uh, display their skills. So, you know, as we talk about recruiting and and, um, heading into college basketball, you know, there's locker rooms involved, Kathy. And I I very vividly remember, Kath, when you and I were getting to know each other, we were on some kind of committee together at church. And our church was walking through 40 days of prayer. And so we would meet I believe weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just beginning a basketball season and I was pregnant. I remember that. Um, and I walked into this meeting one day and you were like, Hey, Gary, how was your day? I was like, well, I didn't make anybody puke or cry today. So I really don't know if it was a great day. And I kind of said it in jest, but you were horrified. <laughs> I like, was horrified. You were like, what? Carrie? you mean you make people cry? And I was like, Kathy, Kathy, I'm just, I'm kind of joking, but no, I didn't make anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, now hold on. Wait a second. Because it was kind of a joking, not joking. Like, That's right. Literally, you know, it's if you, you girls that are willing to push themselves to the limit where they have nothing left and they're puking all over the sidelines. <laughs> You're like, wow, that's a girl who's going to give her, give me her everything. Yeah. That's right. That was such a foreign concept to me because I have this kind of Hollywood, beautiful view of college sports, you know, when, um, I don't know, the team comes out on the court and everything just looks great. And, you know, when you're out there playing your game and looking awesome, you don't see all of those practices mm-hmm. and all of that time mm-hmm. when you've been in tears or you've been puking on the sidelines mm-hmm. because you have really been pushing your body. The preparation that goes into that, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, I probably only had three or four kids in my whole career that have thrown up in a practice. So, um, uh, anyways, now, Kathy, have you ever been in a locker room? Uh, well, in high school, PE was required, and we had to go into the locker room to change, right? But okay. I do remember... S- Before we ever went out to learn whatever, you know, or to play whatever sport we were going to play or whatever the PE teacher had for us that day, everything that happened in the locker room set the stage for that class. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if there were problems among the girls in the locker room, you knew that when we went out to play those games, uh, there was going to be some tension, maybe a few more people being more aggressive than they should be. It might be a little bit of... of, um, physical physical contact that should not really have been there. Uh, but if things in the locker room were good and music was playing and girls were having fun and dancing together and getting ready, it was gonna be it was gonna be a good day of PE. I love that analogy. You're exactly right. That well that's the way sports are, Kath, pretty much, you know, if the locker room's happy then Typically, the game floor is happy or the practice floor is happy, and, and, and the opposite holds true, too. You know, when I think of a locker room, there's many different emotions I have from my playing days as a college athlete to my coaching days at Texas A&M Kingsville at Blinn College and then, of course, at Southwestern. Uh, I actually played college ball at Southwestern, and I think of the time that we decorated the locker room for Christmas. You know, as a college athlete playing basketball, you don't get to go home for very many days at Christmas. Typically, you know, a college student is going home for about a month at Christmas time. Um, as a college athlete, we were lucky. We thought it was a, a gift if we got four days. 
at home. And because you're playing that whole time and practicing. And so one year we decorated the locker room for Christmas and we put up lights and we went to the dollar store and got these, you know, little hokey decorations. Um, But it was, it was nice to go in there after a practice and to be in a kind of a little Christmassy feel, little locker room. And so that, that was real nice. I think about that when I was a player. Um, you know, as a player, I think of the times that after practice, you know, just clowning around in the locker room with teammates, uh, crazy conversation, sore muscles, very sweaty, stinky, gross equipment, ankle braces and socks. Um, there were times when I needed a quiet place to study and I would take my books to the locker room because not a whole lot of people go in the locker room super late at night and we could get in the gym and I could go to the locker room and just hang out and just study and just be by myself. Um, I remember going into the locker room after a game and being disappointed and just sitting there with my head in my hands and just kind of rehashing what happened and why that happened and how could I have um, played better that night to help my team. As a coach, you know, walking into a locker room after a loss is hard. Uh, typically, my teams after a loss would head straight to the locker room. There was no engaging on the court after, you know, after you congratulated the other team, but straight to the locker room. And they'd wait for me to come in. And sometimes it was a long, angry, frustrated chat. And then other times it was, you know, a pep talk about, um, you know, a hard-fought loss, but we had really done our best. And then, oh, Kathy, I think the ones that probably stick out to me the most are the victory celebrations, not only in our home locker room, but some of the sweetest victory celebrations are the ones where you're at an opponent's gym and you walk back into the opponent's locker room And you're celebrating because you have won. Um, Just a place for so many emotions, laughing, crying, frustration, and pure joy. Many times it was, you know, just a place to ponder, to think, to reset, to renew. And isn't that what life with Christ is like? Uh, There's so many days that we just need to step into God's locker room to get a new perspective, to reassess to renew just this fresh determination to cry, to laugh, to think. And so this, when we step into God's locker room, Gabby, the beauty is that we, we just don't know what he has planned for us when we go in there. Um, I know that you have special places that you go to ponder life. I don't have a locker room anymore to go there. Um, what are some of these special places where you seem to connect with God in a way that is very, very special. Well, so what is so meaningful to me when you're saying that in that locker room, there are stinky socks, there are <laughs> ankle braces, knee braces, there's there's all the stuff, the stuff that is there. And some of it is beautiful and lovely and some of it is stinky and smelly, mm-hmm. but it's stuff that's in there that is prepares you to do the game, mm-hmm. that, that supplies you to do the game. It's what you need to go and get in it. And so I, I think when we go to meet in God's locker room, all that stuff is there. You know, so many of us think, well, when we meet, when we spend time with God, it's like, oh, he doesn't see any of that. You know, mm. he doesn't see the stinkiness. He doesn't see the. Oh, no, he sees it. He knows it's there. Um, 
but he's going to meet us right where we need to, to, to be met. And, and he's going to supply what we need for that game that's in front of us. And so, I mean, for me, going out, I, I love to go on walks with Eric. And, and I will tell you that it's been a marriage saver for us because when we have gone on walks, we're able to work through disagreements um, without kind of being in each other's face, you know, because we're, we're able to just go and talk and talk and talk and get rid of some of that physical energy that we have. And, I mean, I remember there were some times in Australia where we would probably walk for three hours at a time because we would just oh walk until we had worked through the problem. Wow. And um, now we generally go, it's like 45 minutes. You know, now our, our walks together are kind of a touch-based type of walk and how are things going and making sure we're staying connected kind of walk. But, you know, even for me going out and just um, spending time with God, sometimes, yes, it is it is out with my journal out at the river. Sometimes it's just a quiet place in my home. Um, for me, the thing that I love is that wherever we go, there God is. You know, I mean, there is no place that we go that he isn't. And so a locker room for me is really where you're going to be genuine and honest and bring everything before God. And he's going to know if we've just had a huge victory. He's going to know if we've just had a huge defeat. He's going to know what's ahead of us in that second half and what's just happened in our first half. Or he's going to know if this has just been a huge game that he's done to prepare us for the for the next one and whatever championship he has for us. I will tell you, friends, this is a really neat concept that we're going to unpack with you today in God's locker room. And a question for a lot of us is, how do I actually have an encounter with God? What what can I do? And we're going to get into that. Carrie, I'm going to ask you about this as soon as we get back from listening to our sponsors. So, friends, you stay with us, and we're going to talk about having that encounter with God in his locker room right after this. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater on Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. And today, we are right in the middle of the summer series, A Day in the Life of the Witness, and we are spending some time in God's locker room. <laughs> and I love this, Carrie, that you... We're coach of the year, NCAA, and I never remember which division, coach of the year. So you know what we're talking about when we're talking about locker rooms and what happens in locker rooms. And I love that you're sharing your perspective and you have some stories for us about what has happened in some locker rooms in the past during your career. And we went out talking about having an encounter with God. You know, we we want to go and meet with God. We we um we we want to know how to do that mm-hmm. and what can i do to do that what does it take to do that and i'm turning this over to you because i'm i just you know we need some practical tips here about stepping into god's locker room absolutely you know friends it it's really easy to to take that first step one thing we can do when we step into god's locker room when we are on a journey to encounter him is to pray. I know that that sounds incredibly simple to pray, but you know, in the King James version of the Bible, it mentions prayer over 300 times. It mentions a prayer that many times. It must be important. In fact, the Bible mentions that Jesus is praying all the time, 
all the time. You know, one of our key verses for today, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So the scripture is very clear with us, Kath, about uh, being in prayer. It tells us so many times that, uh, about how Jesus prayed. In fact, there's even Jesus even teaches us how to pray in the New Testament. Now, Kathy, you have a ministry called Let's Pray Today. Um, how did you come up with this ministry? And then I'd also like for you to tell us how you and Eric pray together. Well, you know, growing up, I would always fall asleep at night to my great grandmother praying for each of us out loud Mm. before she went to bed. She'd pray for each of us by name, and that was really neat. And whenever I had a problem growing up, I'd call my mom. This is when I was at college. You know, I'd call Mm. my mom and... I'd say, Mom, I just, um, I need I need to pray. And she'd be like, okay, tell me what's going on. I'd tell her my problem, and then we would pray. Now, what that meant was I would say nothing, mm, <laughs> okay? Yes. My mom would pray, and then at the end I'd say amen. And I just, you know, for me that was like a really powerful time of prayer. Mm. Well, when Eric and I got over to Australia, and, you know, we had been there at the time for about three years, and... um and I, the Lord really got a hold of my heart and I started going to church because I wanted to, I actually wanted to go to church, was a, which was a foreign concept to me. I'd always gone to church because I had to and now I wanted to. And I got involved in a women's group and this gal, she would open this our women's group in prayer and it was like, wow, here's someone who's not from a Jewish background because both of my my great grandmother and my mother had been from a Jewish background. So I knew they could pray because, you know, my gosh, that's that's what Jewish people do. Mm-hmm. They're great prayers. Um, but this woman would just pray and she had this intimate relationship with the Lord and you could feel her intimate relationship with the mm-hmm. Lord. And I thought I want that. And so just from her modeling it for me, what this looked like, and then talking me through how to have a quiet time and how to be honest with the Lord and how to bring him like the prayers were you're not you're not trying to tickle God's ears. You're not trying to impress him with your Bible knowledge, she would tell me, Kathy. Um, you are just trying to be real with him and stop lying to him and stop lying to yourself because he knows anyway. And just that understanding of being genuine and honest before the Lord and holding nothing back, hiding nothing, not trying to hide my stinky socks, not, you know, the locker room is full of stinky socks, like you were saying in our opening, not trying to hide all of this stuff, but to be honest and open with him. I wanted to share that with women. And when I came back to the States, I got involved in women's ministry and there were women who would say, hey, um, don't know. I don't want to I don't want to pray in front of other women. I don't know how to pray. They were even women who told me I don't have the gift of prayer, which sent me straight back into the Bible because I thought, do, do some people have the gift of prayer? I wasn't aware of that. Listeners, let me tell you, you nobody has the gift of prayer. We prayer is for everyone. We all get to pray. We all get to pray. And um, so I, I started this ministry called Let's Pray Today because I wanted to provide a prayer partner to women like I had had. And so we made these audio CDs that and now they're MP3 downloads um, that will kind of 
lead women's hand through praying for their children, through praying for their husband, praying through anxiety and depression, um, just um, praying for their, their children who are rebellious. And even there's one prayer for beginners just to help women who have said, I've never prayed. I want to I want to get comfortable with this. And um, so you can go to letspraytoday.com and you can download those MP3s and it'll walk you right through that. And I'll tell you with Eric, this was crazy because when someone suggested that I pray with my husband, I thought, pray with your husband. That's pretty intimate. And they said, well, yes, he is your husband. You're supposed <laughs> to be intimate. And um, so it was uh, Eric and I kind of struggled with this at first, but we knew we were supposed to. We knew it would be good, especially we, we were having these children. We needed to be able to pray for our kiddos together, and we just took baby steps. We took little baby steps. We would both uh, first kind of kneel on the side of our bed, and we'd pray silently. And, and And, you know, when we were done, we were done. And then Eric would say a prayer and I would just agree with him. And then sometimes Eric would say a prayer and then I'd add a little bit to the prayer and then we would say amen. And so we've just gotten to the point where we're just able to to pray together. And sometimes he's the one that says, Kath, we need to pray. And sometimes I'm the one that I say, Eric, we need to pray. And, you know, it's it's just mostly before bed at night as well. We just know always a good way to end the day in prayer to get a good rest for the night and get rid of any worries that may be lingering. First mm. Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus prayed alone. He prayed in public. He prayed before meals. He prayed before important decisions. He prayed before healing and after feeling, after healing. He prayed to do the Father's will. He prayed at his own baptism. And he taught about prayer. Kathy, I think if Jesus had been an athlete, he'd have been praying before, during, and after the game, right? Um, while there is deep theological meaning in prayer, I, I love that you said it doesn't, we're not trying to impress God with our words. It, it doesn't have to be something that's complicated or, or difficult. It's something anyone can do anywhere at any time. If we're serious about having an encounter with God, we have to get to know God and the and the best way to do that is through praying. That's how we get to know the Father's heart. I remember much like you Kathy, I remember hearing a man pray one time and it it was it was just a beautiful prayer. It, it, I can't even remember the words, but I remember how I felt, right? I remember that it felt like this man was talking to his best friend. I, I I was so taken aback. I opened my eyes and I started staring at the man as he was praying because surely he was doing something magical, right? He was doing something mystical, something something that I didn't have. But that, that wasn't it at all. As I stared at him, I realized he was just talking to his friend. And he had a relationship with God that and I thought to myself, do I have that? Do do I have that? Can I pray like that? There was no churchy language. It wasn't big words to impress anyone. He just talked to his friend. 
Kathy, I know that you and I have felt that way in the presence of our beautiful mentor and friend, Miss Evelyn, as she has prayed with us and over us. And every time we talk to Evelyn, she's talking about praying with someone. That's true. I mean, this this scripture in James chapter 4, it says the powers of a righteous man are powerful or the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And I mean, this is Miss Evelyn because, I mean, she is a woman who she prays personally and develops that relationship, uh, that personal relationship with Christ. She abides in God's word and and um, just gets scripture covering her heart and covering her mind. She knows scripture. She loves scripture. And then she 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 her steps along that path she directs according to scripture she allows she asks god to direct her steps she submits to those steps as god directs them and she leads this life that i believe is pleasing before the lord mm-hmm. and it's not perfect i mean it, none of us ever say the right thing none of us mm-hmm. uh, ever uh do take exactly the right step all the time um but i you know watching miss evelyn as she as she lives her life, she lives a life that is just without reproach, that is loving and kind and gentle. She goes to God first, I think really fulfills that commandment that um, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that Miss Evelyn lives and breathes that and shares that relationship with those around her. She does. It's such a blessing. Um, whenever Miss Evelyn says, "Okay, let me pray with you," I I I leave there just feeling uh, renewed and refreshed um, from her words. John fifteen fifteen says, "Jesus, uh, Jesus says he no longer calls us his servants, but calls us his friends." Talking with God develops this deep relationship with him and so many times Kathy I think we go into prayer thinking okay I'm gonna change God's mind about this you know he just doesn't really know what's good for me right now so I'm gonna change his mind but really what happens is that prayer changes us prayer changes us when we spend time to with God we then see what his perfect will is for our lives and our habits and our lifestyles change Oh, friends, we can't wait to tell you a few more ways to get into God's locker room, just very practical things that we can do to experience a beautiful encounter with God when we return right after this. And welcome back to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkgater, and we are talking about God's locker room. We're gonna we have stepped into God's locker room today, and we're sharing about how you can step into God's locker room. And I do want to just take a moment and say thank you so much to our amazing sponsors who make it possible for us to be with you every week. Tim Smith Landscaping fantastic guys they honestly will turn your front yard into the most beautiful professional landscaped uh, yard you will love them and the good news journal of course a wonderful a a wonderful um, newspaper that I think their circulation is like 60,000 now it is amazing and James Garner Insurance Casa Mechanical we just want to say a personal word of thank you to each of you thank you so much 
for making sure that a love talk stays on air. And Absolutely. So, Gary, we went out and we were talking about how do we get into God's locker room? And we were talking about prayer. And, you know, we kind of mentioned along the way this concept of of um, the Bible. So the, the second thing, the first thing we do to get into God's locker room is prayer. The second thing we can do to step into God's locker room is we can read the Bible. Sounds simple, right? I, now, why should we read the Bible every day? It contains tremendous power. And Kathy, what I found um, just recently is that when I'm not praying and when I'm not in the scripture, I am not who God made me to be. You know, there's days when I'm I'm not praying and I'm and I'm and I'm far from him. I'm not reading the scripture. And then invariably, it's those days that I have to go back to my kids or my husband and apologize for something I've said or done. Right. I was too short. My fuse was was, you know, minuscule. I uh, didn't find a way to uplift properly. You know, just just little things. And I'm like, oh, Lord, had I been praying today, I'm sure, you know, I, I might have been able to avoid having to apologize for hurtful behavior. You know, I remember picking up a Bible when I was younger and just looking at Genesis and thinking, oh, wow, this is great. This has, this has a little bit of everything. You know, there's science, there's there's animals and the oceans and the heavens, and then there's the creation of man. There's a talking serpent. I mean, it's like television, right? <laughs> a talking serpent who, who tricked Eve and caused sin to come into the world. There's murder. I mean, in Genesis, my friends, in the first few chapters of Genesis, there's murder. Cain kills his brother Abel. I mean, who needs Game of Thrones when you have the Bible, right? There's action and adventure and love and war and betrayal. And there's healing and there's miracles. And, of course, there's Jesus. And, you know, Kath, there's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And it's absolutely okay to pick up the Bible to read it. Um and then, you know, later on, maybe you pick up a, a Bible study or something and you're really getting into the word. But don't feel guilty about just picking up your Bible and reading it because God's going to reveal things to you in ways that are miraculous and amazing because you're in his word. And and I don't want there to be a misconception that we have to read the Bible from start to finish, like, you know, Genesis all the way to Revelation. And they, you know, we don't have to do that. Catch, we can. We absolutely can. Um, but there's different ways to, to read the Bible. We can read it chronologically. Um, I mean, there's 66 books in this, in this Bible that is the most uh, loved. The, what, what did we say a couple weeks ago? The most banned and the most bought yes. book The best-selling ever. book best-selling. ever and the most banned book ever. ever right? Yeah. Uh, there's so many ways that that we can get into the word. And I mean, the, the important thing is, is whether you uh, get into scripture using devotionals or whether you get into the Bible, opening it and going through chronologically or start and finish starts, you know, Genesis to Revelation, however you want to go through that, get into that. And, you know, Carrie, it's just like you said, God didn't make the Bible like this fairy tale utopia, right? right? That unless you lead a perfect life, you can't experience him. No, he showed us real life that we can see happening every day around us. Mm-hmm. But he shows us in his word, in the Bible, how he continues to pursue us, how he continues to provide a way from, for us. That even when we uh, fall miserably, when we fail miserably, 
He is there to pick us up. He is there to provide a way. He is there to strengthen us. He shows us consistently in his word that he he does not want to harm us, that he wants to prosper us and grow us. And um, and, and I'm not saying prosperity gospel there. I, I know that when we pursue Christ, hardship will come. But mm-hmm. here's the amazing thing is that he will always use it for good, Absolutely. everything for good. And um, there are certain things that we may do. Uh, that are more difficult, more challenging. But some things we can say, hey, I'm doing this because of the joy set before me. And he will always build joy into that challenge for us. And now, Carrie, I, you know, when we go and we spend time with God and we get into his locker room, sometimes we don't always, it's not like we're dialing in the response that we want, right? We, you know, sometimes we're going in there to spend time with him. And just like you said, he will kind of Deal with those things that he wants to gently correct, gently improve. He wants to grow grow us. He wants to grow our character. He wants to um, get rid of the yucky stuff and put in the good, great stuff. Do you have an experience where maybe... Some of the girls were going into the locker room expecting one thing, and yet the coach had a had a, a vision of really what really just happened on the game floor, and maybe the, the, the girls in that locker room didn't get from coach what they had <laughs> anticipated. I'm sure that if you talk to my teams in the past, I'm sure many times they would say that uh, they felt one way about what had happened, and I come in and I, you know, felt another way. I specifically remember a time, um, in fact, it was the year that we won the conference championship. Our team was really, really good, and there was no reason for us to ever step on a floor and just get beaten. In fact, there were teams that we should just absolutely annihilate. They weren't very good, and there was one team in our conference that was just not good at all. They were terrible. Um, We beat them one time by 50 points, not because we ran up the score, just because they weren't very good. And that's with most of the subs playing for most of the game. Um, and so our, we went to their place and, you know, we, we my team was cocky and they, they just thought they were not able to be beat at this point. And Kathy, we were down at halftime. We were wow. losing that game at halftime. Wow. And Oh, my goodness. So we walk into that locker room. And, of course, at that point in time, at halftime, they are they are expecting to hear that they're not playing very well and that we've got to ramp this up, and I'm very disappointed. But at the end of the game, you know, by the end of the game, we had, we had easily cruised to victory by the end of the game. But I was not happy with them. And so, you know, they're walking in the locker room feeling pretty good. Yeah, Coach, we, we, we took care of business, whatever. I'm like, no. You didn't take care of business. You did not play up to your potential today. You did not. And so I walked in there speaking a different word to them than they thought they were going to get. They did just enough to get by that day. Just enough. They thought that if they just stepped on the floor, they were going to win. And that is not true. Um, you know, and I, when we get into God's locker room, Kathy, sometimes he says, Carrie, you're doing just enough to get by. You you talked to me this morning for about five seconds, um, and you're doing just enough to get by. But I really want to know you, and I really want you to be able to fulfill all the things I have for you. Because, Kath, just like with that team, they could they could step on the floor and do enough to get by. But I wanted for them so much more. I want you I want you to fulfill your full potential. 
And to do that, you got to listen. You got to work. You got to stay focused. And I, I think sometimes the Lord has that same word for us. Carrie, I need, I need you to focus here. And this is where I'm really trying to work on your heart. And, and I want to fulfill all of these wonderful things for you. But, girl, you got to keep your eyes on me because when you get on focus, it's not pretty. <laughs> it can really not be pretty sometimes when you get off focus. I love that, that when God says, hey, I want to prosper you, it takes a little bit of work from us. It's mm-hmm. not something that he's just going to snap his finger fingers and say, done. No, it's we get to engage. We get to pursue him. We get to, you know, some a lot of times doing the right thing is the hard thing. Now, mm-hmm. I love it those times when doing the right thing is the easy thing, <laughs> right? right? But oftentimes that is just not the case. And so, friends, I, I wanted, there's one last point, and we're going to, we're at the end of our last segment. There's something that's so important, third, in stepping into God's locker room. Carrie, what is that third and really important thing that well, we need to not miss? Yeah, when we get in there, Kathy, we can just meet other people who are going to, lift us up and uphold us, other Christians, because being in community with Christians is incredibly important. Our our faith grows best in an environment where it's encouraged, um, where our Christian brothers, brothers and sisters will be the ones that can hold us accountable and walk through life and do just a, a journey with us. You know, Kathy, you have those friends that you do life with. And, um, you know, Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens. And new friendships with other Christians can help us form relationships that will last a lifetime. You know, Kathy, you and I met when our babies were little and we met in church. And that relationship has grown over these 15 years um, just into into something where, where we can hold one another accountable. When you go into that locker room, you need to go in the locker room with your team. You don't want to go mm-hmm. into the opponent's locker room. That's so right. we need to say, who's, whose locker room are we going into? Where are we spending that free time? Where are we spending that quiet time? What is consuming our thoughts? Uh, what are we uh, ruminating on and thinking on? Are we thinking on scripture? Are we spending time with God? Or are we just wasting our life with worry? Friends, we just want to tell you, if you have been struggling and maybe you've been going into the long locker room, we want you to go into God's locker room. We'd like you to go there today. And it's as easy as ABC. You just admit that you're a sinner and that uh, you need Christ, that you cannot be your own Savior. You be, you believe that Christ is the Son of God, that he came to die for your sins, and that he rose on that third day, bringing you life. And you confess your faith in Jesus Christ, that he is your Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10 Uh, verses 9 through 10 go and look at that scripture and just walk through that together today with god friends as always email us or call us on the email us or call us on the love line at 512-249-6535 listen to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com it's been a great saturday and with me today again is coach carrie brinkater i'm kathy indebrock we look forward to being with you again next saturday being fantastic 